She is purely there to be like a blockade for Miles Teller. And that's it. And that's kind of a shame. What a blockade. My goodness. <laughs> I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. What's but a smile on that face? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me. Listen to you about what right. Because I have a right to be. Yeah. I have a voice. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week we have a new release review, as usual. We were, But this week, uh, doing something a little bit different, I think, than many other of the movie podcasts out there. We're taking a look uh, not at Kubo and the Two Strings, not at... Uh, uh, what else is out there, Mike? What, what else am I missing? What's the other big release this week? Oh, other Hel- than Kubo? Oh, Hell or High Water, I guess, is now getting a lot of buzz. They get pl- platformed out. Yeah, I think that was last week for you. But actually, you should have had it last week, Bay I Area should. guy. Yep, nope. Nope, only this week. I just, I just am so disappointed in your city. I just had this idea that you had everything there and no hell or high water. I guess that was playing in Texas, probably every small town. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, welcome to my world of the last 30 and 40 years of being disappointed with my town. (laughs) Uh, But instead, this week, we're going to be doing War Dogs. And really, uh, there were two reasons why I chose this. One, because it looked, you know, something like a little different than your standard fare, and because Mike is in love with Miles Teller. So, yes. So, yes. anyone, uh, <laughs> any one of my uh, listeners who watched this purely because uh, I was doing it on the show, you can blame Mike. I'm just going to throw him under That's, the bus. I, this week. I have no control here. The only thing I have control over is when I say no. <laughs> and I think you can go back to the month of June with me before you and Warcraft. <laughs> I. That was that's all I can do. I can just decline the invitation, but I have no control over War Dogs yeah, over he, Kubo. He could have said no, but he didn't. <laughs> I would have said no to Kubo. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. So like indirectly, this is still your fault. This is what this is coming back to. Sort of. <laughs> I love you that if I, I love if I let you talk long enough, you'll just talk yourself under the tires. Like it's just eventually you'll get there and here we are. I'm a man, Dave, that's why. <laughs> Well, man, I don't watch cartoons. That's what you're... All right. Okay. You lovable scam. See, you won't get shit for this, but if I say that, they the people demand better from me. Just leave me out of it. You know, you know where the expectations are for me. Uh, fair enough. No mentions, please. No tweets. Thank you. Don't at me. That's... <laughs> All right, uh, so War Dogs. So if you ever wondered if an idiot made a Scorsese film, what it would look like? You have war dogs, so uh, I thought that was American Hustle. What are you talking about? Oh, Jesus! Yeah, that's that's a valid point. Did we really need another one of these failed attempts by some other filmmaker to make a Scorsese movie? And this time we have uh, what is it? Todd Phillips, the creator of The Hangover, you know, doing his take on uh, a little bit of Goodfellas, a little bit of Wolf of Wall Street, uh, and none of the skill or talent that lies therein from Scorsese. So, what did you think of War Dogs? I thought a lot about uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and there's similar stories in someone just finding, I guess, some random in to make money, some right. some hole in the uh, the system, just stumbling into money. Yeah, give yeah, me that right. life, by the way. <laughs> and I guess with uh, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Jordan Belfort is a little bit more accomplished. Like he's someone who actually right. sets out to do it the correct way. 
and just sort of blindly and naively stumbles into a very corrupt system. Uh, I don't know. This it's just not that interesting how they get into it. Like, nope. There's there's some broad jokes uh, about Miles Teller being a masseuse, and he apparently only massages men, which has I don't know. It's just not funny. Like, yeah, old rich guys hand jobs. Ha ha. Yeah, That's, yeah. And man, they go well, back to that. Todd Phillips did write the script, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because I. Uh, for whatever reason, in my head, I thought, oh, Todd Phillips, he's he's a good director, a good comedic director. <laughs> and I think what it was was Hangover 2. I remember sort of going against the grain and being really impressed with Hangover 2. Like, I mean, it truly is a remake of the first one. Right. But I thought, oh, this guy's taking a big leap. Like, he's he's making some interesting uh, decisions here visually with a comedy, with a very mainstream comedy at this. That's true. And it was also extremely dark and... Then there was Hangover 3, which maybe I just gave him a pass because I'm like, all right, paycheck gig. Nobody yeah. was into it. But I'm looking at his oh, filmography. It's not pretty, uh, Mike. <laughs> due Date, which I was not a fan of. Uh, the first Hangover, which I I wasn't really a fan of, even though everybody else went nuts for it. I just recently watched uh, School for Scoundrels, Scoundrels for uh, original remake. That's terrible. Garbage. Like, <laughs> um, And let's see. Old School Road Trip. I mean, I guess if you go back to the early 2000s. But those are by no means would be Don't, films. Of- how dare you leave out Starsky and Hutch, Mike? That's, I think that's, I, it is I only think too. of Vince Vaughn in that. <laughs> that's all I think about. Um, but yeah, like if you watch something like Road Trip, which I remember enjoying in high school. Perfect uh, time for it, yeah. <laughs> you would not point to that and say, this guy is an auteur in the making. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I guess watching War Dogs, I'm thinking, all right, so he's not really evolved at all because it is – on the surface, an interesting story, uh, maybe for 90 minutes, uh, which I don't know how long it was because you had me watch this at 1045 at night because apparently Lexington, Kentucky just was the going nuts about four dogs. Four dogs. Jesus. <laughs> However long it was, it was about 25 minutes too long. I don't I don't know what the runtime was, but it's, it, it's OK. It's just shy of two hours. So, yeah, let's let's go back to Mike's old standby. It needs to be 90 minutes, yeah, 90 see? minutes or less. <laughs> And I think the the issue here is that he just telegraphs everything. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some interesting, like, I like Jonah Hill. Uh, I'm going to go against my boy Miles Teller because he's got the straight man role. Which, he's is, very which is just bad, bad casting. Like, yeah, you, you can't have Miles Teller playing this, like, very, like, kind of, you know, I guess, aw shucks type character. Right. You know, it doesn't work. I was actually talking with one of our, uh, one of our listeners who, tunes in definitely twice a week, Sheila, and she was talking about that, how, you know, you can't have him play that with this smirk on his face because he's got this perpetual smirk. Like it's, that's just his face. It's what he looks like. So he can't play that role. But I think Jonah Hill, honestly, if he's in a better movie, we're talking about maybe an Oscar nomination. Like he's fantastic in this movie and he really goes all in. And I loved his performance. I really like that he's just a fucking huge guy in this. Like, he is just... Oh, my God. Remember, like, okay, so (laughs) I was thinking this as I'm watching the movie. I remember when, you know, he first kind of came onto the scene and he was a bigger guy. And then there was this period of time where he started losing weight. And everyone was like, oh, don't do that. You're not funny when you lose weight. (laughs) And I was just like, fine, fuck it. Like, just get as big as you can. Like, I'm never going to be Leonardo DiCaprio, so I'm just going to go on the other side of things like he's but huge in this movie unlike wolf of wall street where you do have dicaprio as as our lead and he is i guess somewhat more of a comedic foil especially when we get to <laughs> the lewd situation <laughs> uh, here 
I got the impression, and I didn't do a ton of research because, as I said, it was late, and I started reading the Rolling Stone article and fell asleep about two minutes into it. By the way, uh, that Rolling Stone, Stone article has a great title. It's all, I think it's better than the title of this movie, which is The Arms and the Dudes. That was the original title. Yeah. 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 Should have stuck with that. <laughs> but that guy is not big. That guy is probably like the more handsome one as far oh, as the Jonah Hill part. And so they did go against the grain. And it feels what and what I admired about the script, if I admire anything, is that they didn't seem to alter it at all because he's a bigger guy or he's Jonah Hill. Nope. Like, oh, only women would be into Miles Teller. Like he is actually the the bold one. He's the Lothario. He's one he there's a, a funny sequence where he fails. Like miserably at an attempt to, to woo a woman, and <laughs> it's he a just great takes, moment. Yeah. He takes ownership of it completely. That guy is the most interesting part of the film, and unfortunately, he's the part that is most telegraphed as far as uh, this relationship between the two of them, and you know how will he mess things up for him? How will his greed get in the way? And they they have these sort of shot. I, I would say throwaway shots, but they're there for a purpose to show. Oh, he's calculating how to like fuck up like this American dream of theirs. Like, and I just. <laughs> I hate it. And it did make me wonder, and I don't know if you read the article, but I'm like, did it really go down that way? Did it go down that stupidly between these two guys? God, I hope not. Like- <laughs> there was there's all these shots of him just like standing in doorways, like yes. menacing <laughs> no one, like not looking yeah. at anyone. No one's there. Like this is something that's only created for film. No one would ever do this. Like, let me sit here and think about how I'm gonna fuck up my friend. Like, <laughs> like And me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think, you know. Of course, like this is technically based on a true story, so maybe some of this happened this way. But a lot of the decisions made, I'm like, I get like being bitter and screwing over someone you feel like is doing the wrong thing, but not if it's going to land me in jail or lose me money. Like, <laughs> I could just bide my time until there's a situation that's only going to mess with them. Why am I gonna? Why am I gonna mess with my bottom line? So a lot of those choices didn't make a lot of sense to me. And there is a certain recklessness to his character there's that scene that's in the trailer where he's just standing in the street and just pulls out you know an automatic gun <laughs> and just starts firing into the air and laughing about it like when but you know what? When it's, challenged. it's worth it just for that laugh that laugh is a fantastic creation it's, it's a good uh character <laughs> choice uh because it is something that when you first hear it's like well that's kind of annoying and it's not like it gets less annoying but nope. i just like that he committed to it he like, stuck oh, to that's it just, yeah that's that guy's laugh that's just how that's how he is um, I also, you know, I know I'm going to come in negative on this, but I guess normally we're very positive and then we nitpick first. So I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to point out something else that I liked. I liked when they're in Teller's apartment looking at basically the, the Afghan deal, the deal of the lifetime. And he starts to do that laugh and Teller actually has to shush him because he's got sleeping wife and baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, the whole like, world hears you laugh. Please. That piercing just... laugh. Please. No <laughs> dogs miles away. Just like, how at the moment laughs. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those movies that I was really hoping for it to be better than maybe the trailer made it look. You know, like sometimes you get movies about idiots doing well. Like you get, you know, you get the Michael Bay opus, right? But so I was kind of hoping for something like that. Like maybe not to that level, but something at least that would go beyond kind of the sum of its parts. And it's not a terrible movie. It's not like, I was sitting there the entire two hours just, you know, cursing the fact that I was there. You might have been because it was really late at night. And, you and I'd seen Hell or High Water earlier, and I was wishing I could have been back in that world again. Right. And you'd already talked to those uh, those other podcasters that will remain nameless. 
Well, just one of them this time. The other one was lacking power. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of usually true for one or both of them anyway. But <laughs> so, you know, it was fine. You know, I, I enjoyed Jonah Hill a lot. Miles Teller was okay. It just was bad casting. But kind of the movie itself really, like after the first 30 minutes, really falls apart. Like, and you just, you start seeing, you start seeing the strings, you know, you start seeing what's coming. And if I see what's coming, that's a problem. Cause I'm like notorious for, in my house for being a fucking idiot and not seeing anything coming in movies. Like I'm like genuinely surprised by most things in movies. And this one, I was like, okay, so this is where he, you know, takes, you know, the contract. This is where this, ha-. you know, it just, none of it really surprised me. And there wasn't enough humor to make it worth it. Like there weren't enough laughs for me to kind of deal with it being so, so kind of stereotypical and, and not surprising. Like you better really make me laugh. And there just wasn't enough of that here for me. Lose the voiceover too. I, I know oh. it expedites a lot of stuff. Well, to not be, only be not, boring, but it, the story is not interesting enough to need to expedite those sequences. It also felt like you had like four different voiceovers and there wasn't like a plan. Like it was just like, and now we're going to have this random voice do a voiceover, this person you've never met. Like let's, and it was just like, was this an editing issue? Like, was this a planning issue? Like it just seemed very thrown together at the last minute. I think it's what is a huge disservice to Miles Teller and his performance is because it removes him from interacting with his boy here with this, this lost friendship because he's, too busy explaining things to the audience and um, it's not really pertinent to like i mean the biggest thing is they look at a list on a screen and they're it's like him saying like this is and you hear that from jonah hill's character too so it's like i I didn't i also don't think that people care that much they're buying guns and they shouldn't be doing it and they're circumventing certain laws and regulations by going through different countries that's fine like it's i don't know i I, but yeah almost the entire time i said i thought get rid of this voiceover and i'm not someone who uh hates on voiceovers i know that's somewhat of like a i guess a screenwriting faux pas to like rely on that crutch but there's also so many films i mean wolf of wall street opens with dicaprio just talking to us yep uh so does goodfellas like goodfellas yeah like some classics of cinema do it so it's it's like anything else like if you overdo it or you don't do it well it becomes a problem and this movie just doesn't do it well and that actually brings me to my my theater experience because i saw this at 9 30 at night with the unwashed masses of california (laughs) it wasn't my usual like well i'll go at 10 30 in the morning when there's like four people there um and in this movie like it it's essentially broken up into chapters without saying that it is like it'll have text on the screen that will be a line later in the film. And every single one of those people thought that was the funniest thing ever. Like words. Ha. Like, it, and it wasn't anything that was drastically funny. Like some of the lines were like, that sounds illegal. And that got like a huge laugh. I don't know if people were drunk. I don't know if people were high, but people were really into that for some reason. Like, that got bigger laughs than anything in the movie. And I was sitting there, like, looking around, like, what what in the fuck am I missing right now? Because all it is is, like, for me, I don't like that that idea, like, putting putting the words on the screen. Because then later the words are said and I'm supposed to go, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. It's It's the same thing as when the title of a movie is spoken. Where you're like, okay, this is an important moment, and I don't need nine of those throughout the movie to like cue me that this is supposedly an important moment. Like, really, the moment where they're going to officially break the law is an important moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I could have figured that out as a 
semi-intelligent viewer. I don't need you to guide me there. You don't need it to be a Marvel movie, is what you're saying. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> just could not get through this without shit-talking comic book movies. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's their whole purpose, right? To be like, I remember that. I know who that character is. Like it. I, as far as War Dogs, because, yeah, Marvel sucks. I mean, that's all that needs to be said. But, um, yeah, I didn't understand it either because I'm like, do we really need to slow this down for a little chapter break? <laughs> Even more? Let's go, man. Do you also need to, you know, when you do have punchlines, which is basically the end of the chapter, do you need to reveal what that is? Do you need to reveal what Bradley Cooper is going to say to them? I'm like, what? Why? yet again, telegraphing. Like, what? what why are you handholding so much with fucking war dogs like as you said we've seen films like this before right like this premise like it's it's fine i think we could understand what these gun runners are up to without the voiceover and the chapter breaks it's just yeah i i just put this on todd phillips i i guess entirely because yeah. even if it was in the original script it's just not working it's like did, do you watch this like yeah. did you say you're a director make a choice <laughs> like come on it's literally your job is to frame this story for us and you have failed mightily like and speaking of bradley cooper like what a wasted appearance from bradley cooper like oh uh, that's where you and i are gonna disagree he's I, just i just wish he had more to do well, okay I, that's fair I, I want i would much rather watch bradley cooper's character story than the story we watched i wanted more from him and he just kind of sits there with a lot of hair gel and uh forgets to shave and those glasses yeah those are great glasses love the glasses <laughs> but it's like he's got so much charisma and charm I, you're just like i think as an audience in a lot of ways like drawn to him especially next to you know sorry but especially next to jonah hill you're like i want to i want to know this guy's story he's on the terrorist watch list like he's you know he's stabbing people in the back left and right he's got he's got goons that work for him like i want to know this story and instead like now you get like nine seconds of him at a steakhouse and then we leave like really he's a movie star i mean that's clear to say he is he, he is takes a very nothing role and is uh i mean instantly dynamic and charismatic and as you said doesn't have a lot to do but he's the one even the way uh this isn't really a spoiler but the way he moves on a couch to get closer to sit someone <laughs> it's such an interesting choice yeah i'm like why is he doing that and it's like you know what? i don't care like but it, because it just makes me want to watch this guy on screen and that's the only positive I could take from this film is that one day Miles Teller, who is so charismatic and is an upcoming movie star, will have that part in a future War Dogs and not have to play this boring nonsense of the stoic straight guy. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, and then you have like before we jump to spoilers, just like a couple more things. One, like our female character is practically pointless in this uh, movie. Anna stop Darwin. nagging me. She's God, just, I, I mean, she's like the stereotypical wet blanket in a dude's movie. Like, she is, you know, she is Adrian from Rocky, like, just, like, ruining the good uh, time. Well, let's not go that far, because she's pretty cute. And Adrian. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about how Adrian cute she is. Like I'm talking about her character, ring, Mike. Right. Some of us can just look beyond the looks for half a second. <laughs> look. I'm giving her all credit in the world for her looks because I did look beyond that dumbass character for half a second. Uh, like, wow, she's cute. And then uh, instantly I was repelled by her again. Like I just uh, like, you know, in any movie like this where someone is, you know, making a lot of money and lying to their spouse, like I get having the scene where she's going to be upset with him. But I don't. No, not no, hold what, on. Hold on. <laughs> I get having that scene out at Miami with wall to wall glass. <laughs> I get windows. having that scene, but what I don't get is not having 
any variation in that scene. There's no moment where she's like, well, I am living a really good life because of this lie. Let me think this through. You know, you never get that moment in a movie like this. And it just shows kind of a a lack of depth in that character. She is purely there to be like a blockade for Miles Teller. And that's it. And that's kind of a shame. What a blockade. My goodness. <laughs> uh, there's the nice. drop right there. <laughs> So the last thing I wanted to say, last time you were on, we were talking about this movie coming up, and we were talking about how Miles Teller has a punchable face, right? Yeah. How yep. he's like got that kind of interesting balance where he's really charismatic, but he's also got that kind of that smirk all the time. And, you know, minor spoilers here, but if you want to see Miles Teller get punched in the face, War Dogs is the movie for you. Because that is the opening scene, so gets it out of the way. And I think, I think, if I'm remembering right, I think you see it twice because the movie circles around back right. to that beginning moment. So if that's all you want out of a movie, this is this is the movie for you. Spend your money, and uh, within the first five minutes, you will be pleased. Uh, speaking of uh, punching, even though I want to, I want to get back to his uh, his wife, <laughs> his blockade. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the blockade to end all blockades. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I agree with the the victory, the the choice there to have him punch Jonah Hill in the elevator at the very end, uh, right before they're arrested, as if that's some sort of victory for. I got mine in, like yeah, exactly. Um, It seems like a bad trade, like (laughs) yeah, it does. uh, Considering you know being held at gunpoint, thinking you're going to die, versus getting you know one one punch the face, like you know after millions made. Uh, the other reason, I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's very entertaining, but he gets his victory scene with the, the Bradley Cooper with like sort of the, the, the very final moment there, which I I think is a really good ending. I really like the, the fact that for all the moralizing and sort of, I don't know, general sort of wimpiness of the Miles Teller character that it does end on, you know, no more questions and just a suitcase full of money. And I was like, all right, good there. (laughs) <laughs> see if you can hide that in the, the toilet again from the blockade and <laughs> maybe don't put it underneath the sink you, oh, oh god all this shit is just so bad like, so is it so the, hard the to get an offshore account like yeah that contract that's not a valid contract can we actually you know what let's hold up let's let's go to spoilers so we can really talk about this. i thought we were in spoilers <laughs> spoilers what read ahead spoil all the surprises I'll peek at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. We are now. Uh, so this contract, like, literally, he just makes it, I think, on Microsoft Word, and he just has two people sign it. There's no one to witness it. There's, like, this is not a valid contract. And I know this is most likely just a movie shortcut, but I just kept looking at this going, like, in what court do you think that's going to stand up? Like, hey, Jonah this, Hill believed it. Yeah, <laughs> he well, was terrified. Well, that character is, his intelligence is not, you know, is, is not what he depends on. <laughs> like, more charisma and charm than intelligence. In Let's Jonah talk Hill's about game. pain and gain, uh, because I think that's also a big thing. Like, this feels like... That's what Michael I was hoping Bates. for, Mike. This well, is, it feels like that, that, you know, the greatest film of all time, but there's no commitment to the stupidity of the characters. And right. Pain and Gain, they are very successful to a point, but they're, they're stupid, consistently dumb throughout. And they Just stumble. Just failing up. Yeah. 
that's what's so great about it. And uh, Todd Phillips, you know, it's weird because he does come from a comedic background. We mentioned, you know, working Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn, all these sort of dumb bro comedies about dumb guys. I thought that he would be perfect for the material when I saw the trailer. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like kind of him branching out slightly. It's just not there. It's no pain and gain. Certainly no Wolf of Wall Street, which actually, let me take that back. I feel like he was trying. It's no pain and gain. I just want to (laughs) clarify that. There you go. I feel like he was trying to go the Adam McKay route. Like he was trying to do the the big short. Like he was trying to make a serious movie. And he just, it's, you know, I remember when I heard about the big short and who was directing, I was like, oh man, like I, my, my expectations immediately dropped to the floor. Cause I was like, I don't know if he can handle this material. And then of course saw the movie and was blown away by it. And this is more what I expected out of a serious movie done by a comedic director where you're like, he tries to be serious and it fails and there's some jokes that work, but there's not enough of them. Like that's kind of what I expected. Um, But the trailer does make it, it plays up the comedy. It plays up the kind of the idiocy of these characters. And it should have been a lot of fun. You know, you have, you have this great trailer, you have them posing for their poster. Like it is Scarface. Like it's, all the things seem to have been lining up for like, oh, this should be a lot of fun. Like, it'll be dumb. I don't think it'll be as good as Pain and Gain, but it should be a, a fun time at the movies. And it just never gets there. They just kind of tread water for the entire movie. Like, it's it's kind of a brutal sit at certain moments. Speaking of Pain and Gain, <laughs> the greatest episode of Pop Culture Case Study was the greatest guest. You should, if you've not listened to that, you should download it right now. A few times on all yeah, your devices. It certainly randomly gets uh, gets these big spikes that I don't understand. <laughs> like months and months ago, and all of a sudden it'll be like 50 downloads of this episode that was months ago. Like, what is happening? Mike's just calling up his friends like, you, you got to do it. You got to download it again. It's time. <laughs> That's what you get when you put the greatest film ever made on your podcast. There you go. Vertigo's number two to Pain and Game. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So you brought up the ending, which you said you liked. And I like the idea of the ending. I just don't feel like the rest of the movie leads up to it as well as it should have. Like, I think if this movie is better written and has that ending, it's like a punch you in the stomach ending. Right. Like you do have all this all these scenes of Miles Teller going like, oh, what we're doing is wrong and we should you know, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. And then he folds at the end and takes the money to have no more questions. And I, I do like that ending, but I just feel like the movie didn't stick that ending because of the hour and 45 minutes before it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is there is maybe an interesting point to be made about the differences in success here because uh, when he's desperate and, you know, jerking dudes off or uh, proposed to be jerking Or not, off, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, you know, it's 75 bucks an hour and he can make millions. Uh, he takes those questions and sets them aside because he is life changing. And then it's when he doesn't need it as much. That's when he can ask more questions. It's the opposite of Jonah Hill who just always wants more. Yeah. But that's not really explored at all. That would have given Teller something more to play with there. But they also, during this philosophical disagreement, they have the character separated and they're just talking on the phone. I don't know. It's just, 
I don't know if that's you know true to life or whatever, but just you're just really messing with what would have provided some spark here. And I think you just need these two bros to engage more and be together more. Yeah, the scenes where they're out. together really work. Like you know, of course, some of it's ruined by by the trailer, but the scene where they're you know going through Fallujah and into into Iraq, like that's those are some really fun, great moments between the two of them. And to me, the best scene in the movie is the board meeting scene. With, with Jonah Hill losing his mind when someone asks him what it what the company stands for and the whole discussion about IBM like I was l- legitimately laughing hard during that scene like I wanted more of that like this is Jonah Hill's Jonah Hill's Jordan Belfort like this is this is his moment to shine and it is so worth it like just a fantastic moment and you got Miles Teller in the background kind of you know, smirking ruefully, like, what the fuck did I get myself into? And that that stuff really works, too. You know, so the moments where they're together, like, you can see they have they have a connection, they have a camaraderie, and it makes you care about them just a little bit. But anytime they're separated, then it becomes Miles Teller doing the dirty work and being annoyed at Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill sitting in his office and fucking things up for everybody. Like, and that's not interesting, and it doesn't make narrative sense. I think the funniest scene for me, or I don't know why, because no one else really laughed, but the the whole the old people being compared to oh, lizards God. in Kashmir, so brutal. Well, especially <laughs> with the the band play "Don't Fear the Reaper," like it's a really great it's a really great moment. Like that was the moment in this movie, and it's early on where I was like, you know what? I don't know. These reviews are bad, but this might be kind of okay. Like I'm. I'm ready for this movie. And then it just, it certainly takes a dive, you know, about 20, 25 minutes later. But I got, I got a look from uh, my fiance to be like, all right, stop now. Stop laughing. No one else is laughing. <laughs> no one shut up, please. <laughs> I just can't believe she went with you to this. I'm like kind of stunned. I, I feel really bad because I said, Hey, I've got to watch this in uh, hell or high water for, uh, for the other show that will not be named. And she's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, well, you know, that one's early. Do you want to watch that? She's like, uh, I need to know more about that. That doesn't, Ooh. it's like war dogs. I do want to see, uh, but you know, she likes Miles Teller. So I've got to marry her, right? Uh, yes. Like, <laughs> well, especially now, I think you've, you've, <laughs> You've taken some steps where now, yes, you do. You do have to marry her. Absolutely. We are going to attempt to watch Heller Highwater. Uh, I'm going to see it again, and I, I think she'll take it. And I, I really want to hear what you think about it. So it's probably to... well, you know, if you and you and those that other guy like it, it's probably going to be a piece of shit. Like it's probably going to be terrible, like bad moms. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that did come up in the episode. <laughs> Coming to a future top ten list. <laughs> Jesus, right next to Warcraft. <laughs> All right, uh, so I think we've covered this enough. Um, I think there are some funny moments in the in the movie. I don't think it's like a waste of time, but it could have been something really good, and it just never quite gets there. It just shout out to AB Film Review, in particular Andrew, because this film is evidence of Margot Robbie's greatness in The Wolf of Wall Street because she yes. has a very similar part and she is fantastic in it. She's Yeah, and she knocks funny. it out of the park. Yep. Yeah, the absolutely. Block eight does not. <laughs> Her name is Anna de Armas, by the way. That's <laughs> She'll always be the blockade to me now. <laughs> All right. So uh anything coming up on War Machine versus Warhorse? Are you still doing that show? Is that still a thing? Uh, I hope not. Every time you remind me I'm like, God damn, I gotta edit. Once like, a week, episodes. like fuck. <laughs> 
Um, That's why it's up, so uh, hard to get you on because you know you're going to have to talk about War Machine versus Warhol. Yeah. So you're like, Fuck. yeah. All right, so uh, I'll pimp out one of your episodes. You just released Dog Day Afternoon with uh, Ben Zook. And about a month ago, a month and a half ago, I recorded an episode with him on, uh, it was three bank robbery films. Uh, one is, I think it's a film out of Spain. It's To Steal from a Thief uh, was the new release, which is no longer new as of like two weeks ago. <laughs> but you know what? No one was going to see it anyway here. So it's it's new to everybody, whatever. Uh, and we did uh, Inside Man, which is, uh, I think, somewhat of a forgotten Spike Lee gem. That's a like great him. movie. Legitimately yeah. great. Love I, it. I wish he, uh, he got the, the, budgets to do, the budgets to do those kind of more mainstream films. Uh, because I remember when that came out, I was like, oh, that doesn't look like a Spike Lee movie. Like, that, Not at I, all. I, uh, that was great. And um, there's another one that is called The Silent Partner, which I'd never heard of, with Christopher Plummer. from. It's a Canadian hmm. film from, I think, 1980. And it is probably my favorite first time watch I've ever done for War Machine versus War Horse. Just a blind wow. watch. So uh, very uh, gracious to Ben Zook for pointing that out. He kind of programmed that side of it. And uh, eventually it'll be up. Maybe in two months. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> what if War Dogs was named the blockade? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> then Mike would be like, top 10. <laughs> we're good. Right, All right. Bad <laughs> All right, so uh, after this, of course, we'll bring in Britt for Fangirl Fixation uh, to talk about the movies coming up next week. But next week, uh, you and I will be doing Don't Breathe, uh, of course, which is a horror movie, your favorite. So how much are you looking forward to – at least you don't have to watch Evil Dead uh, with me and Chris Maynard. Yeah, there is that. Thank you. (laughs) Boy, you really gave him a a good selection there, the Evil Dead – he got he got before this afternoon. he got before this he got Syriana and it follows. So it's time. I, oh I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that that, yeah. that third uh yeah. Uh I don't know what I I have because I feel war dogs. What number is that for me in 2016 where I'm like, didn't like it. <laughs> didn't There's a it. lot of those. <laughs> but I can't control new movies. That's I feel like I'm I'm screwed in my position here. Like, <laughs> at least with the old movies, I would have some understanding of what I'm walking into. I know into. what I'm getting into, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't Breathe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think I saw a trailer for it. It's Is it like Hush, basically? Is it like yeah, but, but flipped. Yeah, yeah. All right. You're not doing Hush. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about it. But I'd already reviewed it. I, I'd already reviewed it on In Session Film, so I figured let's oh, do something different. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to Fangirl Fixation with Brit. Say hello, Brit. You want to try that again? Okay, hi. <laughs> so is there anything you feel need to talk about before we jump into movies? Need. Or want. Want. What are these things? What are no, the Jedi the answer, craves not these things. Yeah, I think, I think I, I think I watched too much uh, Rebels today. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, so we have three movies coming out this week. Uh, the first one looks awesome. Jason uh, Statham as Jason Statham. <laughs> so this is, of course, Mechanic Resurrection. Because what movie need a sequel more than the Mechanic? I wouldn't know because I didn't see the Mechanic. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I missed it. I saw the Transporter movies. I never saw the Mechanic. Is it worth seeing the first one? Did you like Transporter movies? 
Yeah, they were okay. They were fine. Then you'll like the mechanic because okay. it's basically Just transport Jason movies. <laughs> All right. So this stars also, uh, besides Jason Statham, Jessica Alba, whose career, wow, has just gone down I the was going to say, like, <laughs> like, what? Like, what happened? Like, maybe it was like the, but I guess now that I think about it, the last big thing I remember her in was like Sin City, maybe? Was or that Machete? It? Machete. Yeah, that's it. Like, I can't. I don't. <laughs> I got nothing. I, did she do stuff beyond uh, that one show that I now can't remember the Dark name Angel, of? Yeah, yeah, she did more than that. Uh, let's see. She was in Sin, Sin City. She was in both the Machete movies, uh, the Love Guru. Oh, Fantastic Four, another classic. So how could we forget I that? Think we're starting to see why her career kind of took this trajectory. Maybe just bad decisions. Yeah, whoever your agent is, honey, fire them. So I actually didn't watch. This whole trailer, I think I watched about like twenty seconds of it. You don't really because I figured like, oh, we'll watch it later together. But it ended up you had already seen it. Yeah. So what am I missing? Anything? Is there anything worth seeing? Have you seen all the transporter trailers? Yeah. Then you've seen this trailer just with Jessica Alba instead. Yeah, and she has clothes on. So. So you're saying what's the point? (laughs) I think that most misogynist pig. (laughs) She like jumps into some water. Like, there's, there's nothing really happens with her character about anything in this. Like, it's the standard, this is a really hot chick in a action film. So yeah, It's just weird that, like, her career has kind of gone, like, Nowhere. kind of full circle like that. Like, I think in some ways that's how her yeah. career started and then made all these bad decisions. And now she's back doing the same kind of thing. Maybe she doesn't actually like acting. That's possible, I suppose. Just a paycheck. So would you see this movie? It's Jason Statham. So is that a yes? Yeah. You sound so enthused right um, now. Well, I mean, you know, it's going to be the exact same movie that I've seen six times, so it's cool. I'll save that one for you because I I can't think of a reason I would need to see that before. A so bunch you're just going to wait until I'm really sad and then say, "Let's go do an I'll action be like, movie." Come on, beat me up in the movie theater like <laughs> you usually do. Let's get to it. That's why you don't go to any martial arts movies with me. No, I value my life. I don't want to walk out of there bruised and battered. Thank you very you much. You would still be alive, though, so I think you're valuing your life is a little weird Ish. statement. We'll see. I don't. If it's a really good movie, I might not make it out. That's true. Like, thank God we didn't like go see the raid in theaters because you would have killed me. You can't go see a really good movie with Chano and I either. No, especially on on either side of me. Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> like not. that one movie where we're both punching you in the arm at the same time. It's some fucking Marvel movie. It know, was so fucking freaking out. Which oh my god, geeky things are on screen. Yeah, pow pow. pow. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it's a Marvel movie. Pay attention to me. So the second movie is Hands of Stone, which is about Roberto Duran, the, the boxer, and because his- who doesn't need another boxing movie? Hey, Creed was awesome, so sometimes good boxing. So awesome, I stayed awake through the whole thing. Or did I? Yeah, you're the worst. (laughs) Um, So this is uh, starring Robert De Niro uh, as uh, Duran's manager, I guess. Manager? No, trainer. Trainer. She's doing a De Niro impression with her face right now, uh, (laughs) which is really weird. Uh, And Edgar Ramirez plays Roberto Duran. You ever notice De Niro's kind of like Grumpy Cat? (laughs) Like, that's it was almost the exact same facial moves I had to do. Focus. (laughs) And also uh, Usher as Sugar Ray Leonard, which is uh, very strange. Usher. Like the musician, Usher? Musician. Are you messing with me right now? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, So I would actually be all in for this movie, except like I always worry when there's 
someone who's, whose main career is not as an actor in a movie, like sometimes it works out. I can't think of any times right now, but I'm sure there have been people who have kind of crossed what about, that boundary. What about, no, not him. No, see, you got no. nothing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I keep thinking of Rihanna in, in Battleship, and um, it's not. I didn't even see Battleship, ugh, so. It's really, really bad. Well, it'll sometime come to me. Will it? Maybe. Seems like nothing will come to you right now. Nope, you got nothing. Stop trying. <laughs> Justin Timberlake? Is that... <laughs> no, 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 stop, no. No. So, I mean, Christina Aguilera did burlesque, which I never saw. How bad was that? I don't know. Nobody fucking saw that movie. What is... A lot of burlesque dancers I know have seen that movie. Yeah, that's, that doesn't really count. Right. That's like saying all these guys who train at the boxing gym went and saw a boxing movie. That's not that impressive. It's like for them. What if it's backwards? Because Jackie Chan's an actor, but he also does singing. Yeah, but he was like he was professionally trained in all those things at the same time in his life. It's not like this cross this crossover thing. Yeah, you got nothing. Stop trying. Just <laughs> um, so that worries me. Um, but I really oh, Lady Gaga. In what? I don't know. Apparently, she's supposed to be good in that movie or show stuff that we don't watch anymore. What American Horror Story? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That TV. That doesn't count. Mm. <laughs> so I mean, this looks Bette Midler. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you said to come up with things. And I told you to stop. No, you stop. You said stop trying to think of things, but now I've thought of things. So you're ready to stop? No. Not until you admit that Bette Midler's one that works. Yeah, Bette Midler's one that works. Feel better? <laughs> you are a lying, lying liar who lies. So this movie looks pretty good, except for the fact that Usher is in it. Um, I really like De Niro, obviously. I think Edgar Ramirez is a good actor. But it's going to be interesting because I don't, like, I know who Roberto Duran is, but I don't really know his story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's, like, particularly cinematic, like some like a story that really needs to be told. But I'm at least, like, vaguely interested. What about you? It's a boxing movie. I'll watch it. So, like, the first two <laughs> movies this week, it's like, well, it's a Jason Statham movie. Well, it's a boxing movie. I'll watch it. I, I'm really glad you're here to give us this, like, deep insight. Well, it's not like Sausage Party. Oh, God. Which you still haven't seen. I know. I have bad people in my life. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) All right. For once, that wasn't aimed at me. Cool. Um, That's why there was a long pause. He was going through all the list of things that he must have done wrong. (laughs) Like, other than talk shit, which is like just talking, what have I done? Nothing. Cool. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So the last movie. You bought me pizza. I did buy you pizza and me pizza. Let's be real. Mm. Um, The last movie is the one we're going to be covering, which is Don't Breathe, uh, which is a new horror movie from director Fetty Alvarez, who also did the Evil Dead remake, which is what we will be covering on the show this week. Which I'm not allowed to see, right? No, Trigger Ape. It's not a thing. Yeah. Um, So Don't Breathe. So you saw the trailer. What What did you think? I really want to see this one. Are you happy? I, I am. I'm also kind of stunned. I yes. want to see a blind guy kill people. Okay. That, that's it? That's your, that's your one sentence where do I? Where do I, where do I know this guy from? Uh, the, the, the bad guy? Yeah. Like the, he's, he was in, um, he was the bad guy in Avatar, and he was oh. also the bad guy in that like, short-lived science fiction show we watched where there was like, dinosaurs on this Are you sure that's the same actor? Same because guy. I thought that was somebody different. Nope. Same guy. All right. Well, then uh, I'm rooting for this guy. You're rooting for the killer? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Hey, we don't know. Like, from the trailer, they broke into his house to steal his shit. That's true. That's true. It's, uh, you're not, Terra Nova, that's the name of it. Yeah, show. I love Terra Nova. Yeah. Screw you, Fox. And Screw it is, you in the butt. And it is the same actor. I just checked. Okay. 
Because um, I thought it was the actor from Terranova, and then I'm like, no, that doesn't seem right. Yep. All right, so I'm remembering yeah. things. And he's he's good. I really like him. All I keep thinking is like... How you want him to be Cable? Well, that too. That would be awesome. But uh, in this movie in particular, I'm like, where does this guy work out? Because he is like ripped. Oh my God, like, where, I know. Where's the blind gym? Where's the... like? Does he have something... I want to see the, the backstory of this guy. Does he have something set up in his house? Does he have... His, I want to know what's in that You don't look room. like that with... What what's room? in the room that they blow the lock off of that they think the money's in because you know that's not what is in yeah, it. Yeah, I thought else. so. Like I thought this was gonna be a thing where like he's keeping something down there that's even worse, but then he starts killing people. So now I'm not sure. So I have so many questions. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you're right. I think that first thing like so there's something bad. There's in a there. there's a weird shot in the trailer of someone not of the like three people that go in there who's like coming out of that room and seems terrified. So I feel like he's keeping her in there. Mm. For some purpose or because she's dangerous. I don't know. Mm. But uh, also stars Dylan Minnette, who was in the Goosebumps movie that we saw. He was the kid in the Goosebumps movie. Okay. You watched it. I know. You made me watch it. I know. <laughs> it I must have been that. memorable for you. Well, he wasn't. Damn. Jack Black cool. was pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, anything else about this movie? Anything that you're particularly excited about like i was surprised to see you had that visceral reaction because most times when we watch horror trailers you're like yeah it looks good i'll see it but you were like i want to see that so what's the different for you it's so different than all the other shit like it's not it's like it's interesting because it's not your typical like killer right right and there is a possible chance that they could outsmart him it's much more in my vein of psychological thriller because you never know when things are going to happen or not and right. I like the fact that it's, like, them trying to outsmart somebody who has different heightened senses. And they, even in the trailer, they're like, now you have to deal with the world like I do kind of thing. I don't yeah. remember the exact yeah. sentence. But now you'll see like I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, which is pretty awesome, pretty yeah. badass. And speaking of psychological thrillers, it's got to be better than that trailer for Split with James McAvoy, the one that I was, like gritting my teeth through because it's about the guy with the multiple personalities oh god yeah so i'll take I'll t- i think I'll the whole take, Don't time that, the- that that trailer was happening in the theater i was just staring at dave like, i was just watching all the looks go across his face yeah i don't think i've uh rolled my eyes that hard in a long long time they did get stuck for a little while i had it, to smack him in the yeah, head like, with a red vine like all right let's get back get back so yeah so i think uh it looks like for once, we picked uh, the right movie to pair something with because you're even excited about seeing it. Yeah, if you'll like actually watch it with me. Really? You'll like time sync with your boyfriend instead. No, that's not that's not a thing. Can't depend on that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> so, anything else before we finish up the episode? No. You sure? I was thinking about talking about Rebels, but I don't want to. Okay, uh, we watched Star Wars Rebels. It was good. Bum, bum, bum. All right, cool. So next time you hear me, I will be doing an episode on Evil Dead, the 2013 version, to go with, as we mentioned, Don't Breathe. So until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you Seasons for what you watch. Seasons came and changed the time When I grew up, I called him mine he would always laugh and say, remember when... Good late night from you, watching War Dogs at one forty in the morning. <laughs> you poor bastard. <laughs> I was still thinking of Miles Teller and Cafe Society. I'm like... Fuck, if man. We, what if we just switched them? What if we just put Eisenberg and War Dogs and, and then... 
Yeah. We wouldn't have even covered one. I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. It was great. Fuck. I've been stuck watching cartoons with Mike. It's... Music played and people sang. Just for me, the church bells rang.